0: these days so many podcast hosts just riff through unprepared segments until they get to the next ad break for pills they know nothing about cheap razors and whatever else they can get a buck from but the higher side chats does it differently we succeed or fail on the quality of the content and your desire to hear more of it So you're about to hear another free first hour episode that's here to prove the two hour shows are worth subscribing for. Five shows a month for just $8. Members get a mobile friendly website, a decade of archives, a dedicated RSS feed for the best podcast apps, and a lot deeper discussion than a single hour can allow for. Sponsor free with more for thee. Get a free seven-day trial of THC Plus at TheHigherSideChats.com. Enjoy!
1: In the 1930s, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt addressed the nation through a series of radio broadcasts known as the Fireside Chats. His aim was to reassure the common man that our society would recover from its troubled times. Well, we're far from 1930, and I deal with a different kind of fire. For a new era of worldly frustration, we offer a fresh conversation. I'm Greg Carlwood, and these are the Higher Side Chats. Brace yourselves, higher side chatters from sunny San Diego. I'm Greg Carlwood, and I need to know your seat backs and tray tables are in the upright locked position, because today we are diving straight down into the deepest depths the rabbit hole has to offer. We know there are levels of the game we aren't read into, aspects of reality we haven't been educated on, and players on the field that will never be known to little old us. Though sometimes whistleblowers, researchers, and even dark web documents can give us more to go on than we ever had before. And it all makes this island Earth seem like the golden snitch in a game of cosmic Quidditch. Multidimensional feeders of negative energy, secret space program factions in a covert war, alien interveners enacting their own influence, and deep state agendas so far out they boggle the mind. Well, nobody digs up dirt and spills the conspiracy like the great Dave Zed back in the saddle for a second wild ride through his research, which you can always follow on his YouTube channel or Patreon page under the moniker Generation Zed. Today, Dave's partner, Riel Wilmont, is also joining us, and from what I've seen, he really knows his stuff too. Last time it got weird with horseshoe crab blood, harvesting alien livers, portal openings, lizard people, and a whole lot more. Now we're checking in after a year and a half to see what's new in his dedicated deep dive into all things out there. Zed is not dead, baby, so let's do it. The dark web walker, whistleblower talker, and classified document stalker. Dave, my man, welcome back to The Higher Side.
2: Thank you so much, Greg. I really appreciate the introduction. I appreciate being here with you and your lovely audience, and I'm very, very honored to be back. Thank you so very much, sir.
3: I'm super honored to be here as well, and what a fantastic introduction. You never disappoint, Greg. Thank you so much for having us.
1: Too kind. Yes, it's a real pleasure, Dave, to have you back, and a warm THC welcome to Riel as well. That last interview was one of the wildest ones of the year, and I assume today won't be much different. I know that you're always at it, putting out videos every couple of days. How have things progressed over the last year and a half? How has your understanding of things behind the curtain changed since then, Dave?
2: Well, Greg, first and foremost, I want to thank you so much for even starting off with asking that question. And I truly mean that because I think ultimately I speak on not just behalf of myself and Riel, but even maybe perhaps yourself and your audience when I say that. Again, and I will delve into more detail, but there has definitely been, even putting COVID to the side, a certain, you could say, energy in the air, if you will, regardless of where you live, that feels as if something is, you could say, not necessarily on the horizon, but rather something is here. But what that thing is, is not anything, I guess you could say, physical or anything we could put our finger on, per se. And I will tell you, Greg, that that's what has led both myself and Riel down very interesting paths, myself down the path, actually, of pursuing more of the scientific side which is interesting because the more i delve into the science the more i realize that the science actually opens up an even larger and broader door metaphorically than when i was on your show a year year and a half ago because you would think that again science has to follow the scientific method very rigid methods and procedures when in a matter of fact looking from the outside in to the academic community of STEM, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. I guess you could say the quote-unquote woo part of science has always been there. It's just never been brought into the topic of discussion or the forum of discussion, but it's been very, very seriously invested in and taken seriously by military intelligence groups. So I find it quite interesting that... The more I delve into the science, the dark web documents, the dark web footage, you name it, believe it or not, the more, quote-unquote, crazier it gets. And I don't say that in a fear-mongering manner, but I don't think there's any other way to say it.
1: hmm Well, I agree with you. That is one of my favorite realms to get into, really, is the sciences and It's interesting because so many different types of alternative thinkers end up stumbling into the same area, whether it's people who started by looking at consciousness or people who are like, who is this Nikola Tesla guy and what is he really about? Or even occultists and pagans who are more focused on the natural world and the elements. I mean, you go deep enough into that stuff, too, and you will come out into this area where it's like, well natural systems tell us quite a bit if we are observant of them. You can go back to ether theory and Tesla tech and plasma and electromagnetism. Like Those are kind of the foundational aspects. Meanwhile, our conventional science is going off on dark matter and string theory and i mean even that includes a little vibration so they're tiptoeing into that area but it just seems like there's two totally different aspects of science or two totally different models and one has been promoted with everything they got in the tank and the other one's been suppressed in
2: the same way with the same amount of attention if i could say greg You said that perfectly because in my humble view, the suppressed angle of things is not in my humble opinion, not that, for example, when we have Klaus Schwab there on the World Economic Forum saying, for example, in the next 10 years, everyone's going to be able to read each other's thoughts and minds with a chip in their brain. Well, okay, hold on a second. Why isn't there any, we could say, disclosure or revelation about the more as i call it organic side of things which is that we already have this alleged capability within us and i have you know loads of scientific academic papers within the academic community that actually substantiates that but the second you try and extrapolate and you know inquire more it's well no 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 no, don't don't look into it but why don't they tell us about the organic side of this and i think it's because greg They simply cannot control it. And I really appreciate you bringing up the elements in all of this, because to me, this speaks to the idea of thinking of neurological form constants or thought forms, if you will. So, for example, when someone is in line at Victoria's Secret or at the Apple store or something like this, I've discussed this on my members on my Patreon side more recently, but one is pursuing, arguably, you could say, the idea. Of obtaining that iPhone or that Victoria's Secret lingerie, if you will, than actually obtaining it. And to me, that speaks to metaphysically and scientifically and ontologically the joy is in the journey. You being in that line at that Apple store was more thrilling to you internally, psychologically, physically, emotionally, spiritually, than you actually obtaining that iPhone, because once you got it, the excitement was lost. So you then needed to reinvigorate in your mind that reconvincing projection of, no, no, I wanted this. It was worth it for me to stand in line. And I bring this up, Greg, because when we take even a step back from that in a macro fractal sense, and we look at that concept, I then beg the question, and I don't mean to sound overly woo here, but where do our thoughts go? And what I mean by that is very simple. We have solids, liquids, and gases, as we understand it. Why is there not anything that has been disclosed in the public domain of, you could say, academia or otherwise, that goes above the liquids and gaseous state? And I think that's because when we look, for example, at, you know, plasma, ball lightning, things like this, Right off the bat, you look at any peer-reviewed journal, even dark web documents, you clearly see that there is an intertwining direct connection between things like, we could say, plasma and ball lightning, and things, for example, like adrenochrome. And I will substantiate that right now, for example, which is that, and I must attribute this to a friend who we have on the show quite often, Mr. Dan Winter, his findings, not myself, Mm. which are... If you take in mathematics, Planck times golden ratio and you multiply that to three very specific integer states, what you have is the exact radius or radii of hydrogen. Now what's interesting about hydrogen is that hydrogen is a very vital building block of not just putting adrenochrome to the side for a moment, it is a very vital building block of what we call life. We then have to ask ourselves, okay, When we look at this and we see, for example, that people in a line at that Apple store, to bring it full circle for you and your audience, when they're focusing on that iPhone, are they emitting a bioresonant frequency relative to different parts of their body that is emitting a frequency that is above the liquid and gaseous level, state, component, whatever you want to call it, that then gets, dare I say, perhaps harvested or collected somewhere? Now, we could say, oh, Dave, this is, you know, Mr. Robert Monroe's louche, as he discussed, Loosh, yeah. I would say very strongly, absolutely. I think this also delves directly in with things like psychotronics. And my overall point here, arguably, Greg, is that we as humans, I think, are natural conductors. We, we you know, kundalini, meditation, breathwork, you name it. I think ultimately there is an attempt to suppress that organic side of us being natural conductors, if you will. And they are doing that by... Focusing our intent and attention to that of things like, you know, the latest iPhone to create that emotional excitement so that we are so caught up in the midst of the joy in the journey, which is great. But I think we need to be fully aware to the farthest extent we can of the journey we are on. And if we are having fun on a journey that we have not even consciously committed to, then what are we doing? Mm -hmm. So forgive me for the ramble, but that's (laughs) my, my two cents on that there.
1: No, well said and I think you're onto something with the journey being more enjoyable sometimes. I remember camping out with buddies to see Star Wars episode 1 and the camping out was definitely better than watching Star Wars episode 1. Right. But <laughs> with the states of matter, you're also onto something. I mean, that's getting into alchemy and blurring the lines between states of matter, liquid and powder, gold and spagyric tinctures and All kinds of stuff seems to be possible, but they cut around those esoteric sciences. And Riel, let me ask you a bit about your input into the Generation Z channel. I've watched a few of your videos, but I didn't realize you'd be joining us until the last minute. I know you've headed up the Secret Teachings of All Ages series, which I think you have four now. Talk to us a bit about that and the other areas of research that you tend to be most interested in.
3: Well, thank you so much for the question. Yeah, Dave, great answer there. And the intention that I've got with the secret with going through the secret teachings of all ages to our audience, which is the an encyclopedic outline of Masonic, Hermetic, Kabbalistic and Rosicrucian symbolical philosophy is because my intention is to lay the foundation of understanding what the ancients taught in the mystery schools to help us understand what I perceive as a clear paradigm shift with the academic scientific community it seems like science is catching up to the ancient mystery schools and in order for everybody to kind of be on the same page and understand the kind of concepts that dave is trying to explain with electrogravitics and even the work of dan winter with all of his plasma physics i'm just trying to lay out a foundation and I am learning myself as we go along with this, because I am no scholar, I'm still pretty new to this, I just have a lot of eagerness to learn and to try to guide others through this paradigm shift we're going through. But overall, my perspective on how the research has changed is to go from this funny lizard people running the world, sometimes they drink blood of children and all that, to actually seeing the academic papers studying Adrenochrome and actually looking into what the academic world has actually shown us. But instead of publicizing what they're talking about, they suppress it through, Dave, I believe it's called the disk theory, right? As Mr. Weinstein talks about.
2: Yes, distributed idea suppression complex. Not that there is some grand conspiracy constantly of, you know, 5, 10, 15 people in a room mudding their hands together laughing, although sometimes allegedly that is the case, but that there is an overall, we could say, this goes back to that concept of thought forms, an overall energy, if you will, an overall sense of presence that a particular narrative or a wink-wink, nudge-nudge agenda needs to continue to be forth-brought and carried on with. Mm
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and just to conclude with this answer, I've always been passionate about the conspiracies, the UFOs, life beyond the physical plane, the idea of higher dimensional beings, all of that stuff that is relatively woo-woo, but it seems that to go along with the UFO disclosure campaign, or seems more of a psychological operation, I want to not just follow what UFO Twitter is saying about these things, but actually look at the hard evidence and actually understand the science and the physics of what we are on the verge of doing. And another thing that Generation Z does is we have a segment called Unleashing the Kraken, where we are basically auditing the mainstream news. So we're educating our audience on what the news is telling us from various outlets all over the world, but we're putting angles on it and perspectives to provide context so that For example, when we see an article that says the Queen of England visited Canada 22 times in her lifetime, it's like, okay, that's a neat story, but what is the news actually trying to tell us? What intention do they have with the thought forms that we're putting by reading the news? Well, what's significant about the number 22? That's how many paths there are in the Kabbalistic tree of life. So they're not just talking about the Queen visiting Canada, but they're trying to plant these seeds in our consciousness And instead of just mindlessly following along with what they're telling us, we're trying to provide some critical thought and context to break down the matrix that has been set up for us.
2: If I may add to what Riel said so eloquently there, thank you, Riel. Also something that we've covered more so on our our member side, if you will, is that there are certain things I, I will say to Greg, you and your audience, that I don't particularly divulge publicly too often, but there was a discovery And for anyone willing to reach out, I have all the data to substantiate this, a discovery at between Harvard and MIT shortly after World War II, which found that human behavior, whether it's one person, whether it's a group of people, whether it's a tribe, whether it's a whole country, whether it's even a planet, because again, this idea of, you know, whether it's big or small doesn't matter, but human behavior can be modeled by electrical inductance and capacitance. So can a human economy so can human moods so when we apply that same concept to this idea that some have proposed i'm not saying this is the end all be all far from but some have proposed you know alchemy and witches back in the day that it was a very particular form of electromagnetic inductive currents you know the pyramids were tipped with copper and gold so were these witches wands and all of this it makes you think that when you look at the overall concept of why and how as we covered on our show, MIT and Harvard did not divulge this. It's interesting because it's like, okay, well, if the electric universe theory is so nonsense, as many top-level scientists, arguably potentially detractors for larger you know, intelligence purposes might say, then why is this a discovery that has not been divulged if it's not that big a deal? So you can't have your cake and eat it too. You see what I'm saying, Greg? So I, I, yeah. I look at this and I think to myself, okay, if there's nothing there... Then, for example, why did the Thomas Townsend-Brown effect, the Byfield-Brown effect in the 50s or 60s, why did that get classified pertaining to anti-gravitics? Why was there seemingly an attempt in the – actually throughout the entire course of the 1990s to bring some of this tech forward, Eugene Podkletonoff, Ning Li, a handful of others, is Douglas G. Tor, and then all of a sudden it was suppressed? It's almost like there are factions behind the scenes, some in which may not in fact be physical, but more so energetic, that in fact are still hashing it out, if you will. Now, I do want to say before wrapping this answer up that we do cover as well on our member side the different, let's just say we've obtained a lot of things that we probably, you know, a lot of people probably shouldn't be sitting on from the dark web, from servers and all of this. But we do dive into it because if we don't, Greg, then who will? That's our perspective. So.
1: Right, right. I like it. And I was going to ask you a little bit more about the dark web overall because it drifts further and further into the background. You know, yes. people used to talk about it a lot more than they do now, I think. But there is a lot of document sharing and deep research going on. And as you said, this is how you get some of your material. But Talk to us a bit about what people experience when logging into the onion router these days and
2: peeking around on the dark web. Sure, I will tell you that with the utmost kindness and respect to you and your audience, I do not mean to fearmonger here, but it is kind of like if one does not know what they're doing in this particular regard, it's kind of like being thrown a a gun, a helmet, And, you know, a a magazine of bullets metaphorically and being thrown on the battlefield when you've never trained before, (laughs) you know, and kind of like, okay, here, time to go to war situation. You do have that feeling and particularly given the fact that everything's much more digitized these days, you know, credit cards, all of that. You do want to make sure that the device you're using and things like this are, you could say, separate from all of that. But when you get into, you know, you go open the Tor browser, the Onion, all of that. I will say that I'll cut to the chase. There seemingly has been a wipe, if you will, probably military intelligence. I don't know who else could pull it off, maybe through a third party, you name it. But a wipe on the dark web over the past year to two years on a lot of information. Yes. One thing I have found, though, more often is that, believe it or not, I've been communicating with a lot more of my sources since we've last spoke, Greg. I've developed some sources within Department of Energy, Jet Propulsion Laboratory, some dia and and elsewhere and we do communicate on there quite often i will say that with that said though it is like the wild west could you get anything that is claimed you can order yes for respect and to you and your audience i won't go into details but could you also find a lot of documents that you cannot find on the european western surface level of the internet absolutely and i've fallen for it too i've had a couple burner laptops, you know, literally burned out myself because I made just the wrong click. You do have to be careful. But once you have a sense of how and what to navigate, where to navigate, things become a little bit easier. Now, I don't mean to encourage that for you or your audience. I don't mean to make anyone feel pressured. But for those that ask and are curious, that's usually how it goes. It's like surfing. You don't know if you're going to catch a nice big wave that day or if it's going to be nice and, you know, a little more relaxed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right on. I like the analogy. And let me ask you about the insights from some of these sources. What have they been telling you about the goings-on in the deep corporate
2: contractor nexus that we talk so much about? Sure. Actually, a lot of sources have told me, unfortunately, I can't divulge their names or identities, but they have told me that some of them mid-level, some of them high-level, have said relative to their positions and all of that. The intelligence world seems to be a litmus test for a lot of what the phenomena is. Now, we say the phenomena, that could be UAP, that could be paranormal, occult, probably all merged into one. I believe that, I don't say this is a cop out answer, but I believe you can check that all the above box because I'm being told, Dave, it's what Shakespeare said back in the day, which is that even your most wildest imaginations cannot envision or attempt to describe what this is and I said okay well you know what do you mean by that and we delve into this on our show as well and the one source says to me this is many many months ago Dave let me just put it to you very simply he said "This source says to me look around you I said okay he goes what are you looking at I said okay my my clothing shelf he goes all right is everything around you not a right angle and I said oh shit Mm -hmm. I said everywhere we look is a right angle, a 90 degree right angle, almost as if there is some type of, dare I say, Euclidean vector simulation archetype blueprint underneath us that has been imposed that our subconscious, we could say, acts as the metaphorical frame of that bed or mattress on. And so so long as we continue to go into those lines for that iPhone, as I brought up earlier, we are subconsciously and arguably electrically feeding that, you could say, consensus reality or consensus harmonics. These individuals within the intelligence community have said to me, Dave, for example, that is the least of it. So just to give you an idea. Hmm.
1: Well, that's interesting because now we're in it because with this everything's a right angle thing, I've had that expressed as archonic thinking that when you're inspired by kind of these mind parasites, yes, things turn into grids in the city. Things turn into blocks for houses because they're just, that's the way they think. They're not creative in a sense. They just kind of push through and that's their influence. It's very dull, really, when you get into it. But nature, on the other hand, there are really no right angles. Nature is flowing rivers and waterfalls and really wild geometric patterns and the phi ratio encoded in everything as opposed to just straight right angles it almost seems like that's kindergarten stuff by comparison but yes that seems to be the inspired thinking of these control obsessed mental parasites and this kind of relates to one of the videos you had sent me as something you considered one of your best as of late but it was called Dimaxian findings analyzing the time cube, obsidian comms, and Nero Diversive Portal zip-ups. Yes, sir. And this gets into the Dymaxian map, also known as a Fuller map, because it was a project of Buckminster Fuller, which is kind of like a icosahedron or a dodecahedron?
2: I think it's I- icosa dodecahedron.
1: Fair. There you go. I'll just let you sit. But for people who are thinking of a visual, it's kind of like a 20-sided die from D&D. It's one of the platonic solids. You know, when you get up into those upper uh, sided platonic solids, they look more and more spherical, but they still have angles to them, like a soccer ball, like a more complex soccer ball. Yes, sir. And And when you look at this Dimaxian map, it is that structure unfolded flat. So many triangle pieces like a diorama before it's all put together. And it kind of suggests that maybe the Earth is not necessarily round. It is a dodecahedron or an icosa dodecahedron. When you get down to it from a certain scale it looks round but it might be more of an actual platonic solid and that might be pretty significant when we're talking about the thought matrix why they encode certain numbers into news stories it's all about keeping this holographic reality intact or keeping it within the parameters that they want it to be in is that fair to say
2: Greg, brother, you've hit on my heartstrings. I would like to let Riel jump in after I bring this up. If, if you would like Riel, I know this is also, he has his own take on this as well. I could not agree more with you. And if I may say this actually, for yourself and your audience that may not be familiar, this ties in directly with something else that another intelligence official told me off the record, which is that again, And other journalists, and I I don't consider myself one, but there are mainstream journalists that are being told this as well, to be clear, that anti-gravity is a lot easier to crack than people think. It's literally right in front of our faces. It just has to do with the propaganda and mental indoctrination of academia that makes us go, no, that can't be possible or, or not realize how simple it is. And I bring that up in relation with the Dymaxian findings, Greg, because What I'm being told, in addition to some of my own work and studies as well, I plan to start publishing some, you could say, white papers and and all of that when our website is up and what have you. But this idea that whatever you want to call it, the vacuum, the super force, the zero-point energy, even, dare I say, this is no disrespect to anyone with religious beliefs, but, you know, the Bible called it the Holy Spirit. What we're seeing here, Greg, in my humble perspective is the underlying, you could say, foundation of what comprises not just our reality, but how we view our reality. And so let me give you an example. To me personally, I think we are living within a complex, topologically oriented, concave planet, if you will. And the reason I say that, Greg, is because, say, for example, you're sitting where you are, or even your audience, where they're sitting, they're driving, they're at home listening to this, I respectfully ask your audience to look the farthest distance you can from where you are, whether you're in your bedroom, at work, you name it. The farther you look, the more flat that particular item, object, even person becomes. Now, as you walk closer to that person, object that you're looking at, the more interactable it becomes, the more depth it has. Dare I say, that is what these UAP, that is what these non-material beings, whether paranormal, occult, or otherwise, are harnessing. They're harnessing a sense of perception that has to do with light, sound, you know, harmonics, and frequencies. And I don't mean to be overly vague, but I I very kindly would like your audience to think about that. Think about the farthest point in which you're looking, and then try and as you approach it, it gains more depth, it becomes more interactable, This is what these UAP, in my humble opinion, and these paranormal beings are harnessing because it is the same underlying energy that they're all accessing. Now, how they access it, you can do that organically, or you can do that in the nuts and bolts way in which we generally call anti-gravity. And to sort of wrap this up, if Riel would like to jump in on this, if he wishes, think of, I'll give an example for the women of your audience, Greg. Think about heading out for lunch or dinner with some of your lady friends and you have your purse with you and all of this and you say oh my gosh i forgot my my wallet in my bedroom at home you unzip your purse you reach your hand into the purse but your hand once you get to a certain point in the purse is now back in your bedroom at the house grabbing the wallet so as you look in your purse you actually see a bit of your bedroom that is what this type of you could say anti-gravitic technology in addition to you could say you know zero point all of that that's what it entails dare i say that is what seems to be our ancestors have discovered time and time again and one last example we see the tuning forks of the ancient times for example that they could cut through rock like a knife through butter well we look for example at an academic paper by charles lieber from 20 i think 13 quite some years ago they talk about a quote-unquote innovative new nano-combing technique and i won't go into details but it talks about the same electromagnetically induced principles that these tuning forks used so in other words my long point here is that we are a species in my humble perspective rediscovering the same general technologies spiritual forms of enlightenment of awakening you name it and when someone for example Realizes this idea of rebirth or knowing thyself. Putting the occult angles aside for a moment, this concept of understanding that you are the, I guess you could say, center of your reality. It's because your belief becomes your reality via that intent. Just like when you were in line at that Apple store, your intent was set to picking up that iPhone. Hmm. So forgive me for the long-winded answer, but I, I appreciate you asking it in that in that regard.
1: Sure. Real, what are you thinking about all this?
3: <laughs> right on. Well, uh I actually sometimes just really enjoy listening to Dave talk because sometimes the terms like having to write take notes even though I'm his research partner, I still have to take notes on some of the things that he says, <laughs> like for example, the Euclidean vector simulation is imposed over us. So Greg, that's consistent with what you're saying about the idea that It's almost like there's a secondary reality that is overlaid with us that is kind of the Matrix. It's almost as if there's the Demiurge from the Archons created some sort of artificial reality using potentially some celestial objects that we think of as planets like Saturn and the Moon and are using this to kind of keep us frequently or energetically suppressed. And it's keeping us in this Euclidean frame of reference that's limiting us to only see 90 degrees of the 360 degree dodecahedron (laughs) Uh, and i think that actually mainstream science now recognizes that the universe is actually the shape of a dodecahedron that's actually one of the most cutting-edge revelations from the world of physics but it's hard to kind of contribute more than what deva said but i can only really echo what you guys are both saying, but I did want to just backtrack a little bit to the concept of the dark web with the deep research, how it seems like there's information being wiped out. So if the dark web itself is being wiped out, imagine what the mainstream is wiping from their own archives. Right, right. Like how many times, Dave, have you done a presentation and then the next day or even in real time, this has happened to me, where the website suddenly disappears. Yep. And, you know, that's, to me, much more alarming than the dark web being wiped, because that's kind of already its area. Well, you know, you have to be properly armed and equipped, as you've, you know, metaphorically said. But if we're just trying to see what's going on in Ukraine, for example, and then here where I am in Canada, I'm not allowed to access information that contradicts what the official government narrative is, To me, that's actually much more alarming.
2: If I may, Greg, if I may add to what Riel said there, I want to actually bring up something pertaining to this concept of, dare I say, manifestation. And there's been a lot of talk lately about, you know, a reality split. You know, the 5D, the fifth dimension is going to merge with this one, but only for those that are open to it. And then others will be in the previous, you could say, version of Earth, if you will. There's been a lot of, you know, whether it's worded that way or otherwise. Yeah, When people say, for example, whether it's politics in a push-pull duopoly, a sort of sense of, you know, it's either one or the other, whether it's the media with respects to driving one's emotion to make a decision very quickly. Well, hold on a second. I would say to your audience, first and foremost, if the media is pushing the average person to make such a decision so quickly and so emotionally, why does that go against everything that the intelligence community does? Which is you need to take the data absorb the data, take the time to interpret the data, many people have different interpretations of that data, and then we act on it according to the most appropriate decision within the context of the environment. Why is it that the media is not conveying that to us? I think personally, if it's worthy of news, it's not going to be something that'll last for, you know, five, ten minutes, if that, and then you don't hear about it ever again. And I say this because, ultimately, I think this goes back to the electrical inductance and capacitance of human behavior this idea that when you look at the fact that we need to be emotionally dare i say stimulated which drives our action it's sort of a a quick cheating type way if you will like getting a dog to chase its tail unfortunately and that's when the indoctrination comes in but i bring all of this up greg because When we think about this idea of, you know, again, Ukraine and all of that, or even dare I say, you know, 9-11 and all of that, some people say, well, 9-11, it didn't happen. Others say, no, it did happen. And I bring this up because the science that I've been studying lately seems to allude to the fact that from a psychotronic perspective, both but neither occurred. And I say this not to give a cop-out answer, not to sound all woo and esoteric, it truly depends on where one, you could say, was not just physically and geographically, but where they were spiritually, mentally, and internally in many different ways relative to their nervous system, which sends electric pulses and all of this, relative to the time of that event. I say this because if we look at quantum physics, and they talk about how you know quantum physics shows through the dual-slit experiment that reality is only as quote-unquote real as the individual observing it, Well then, okay, could we not state, for example, that on that premise, one's belief becomes one's reality? And then if we take that even further, and we consider the idea of, let's say the media plants a false story that is not real whatsoever in the physical sense of it being real, but in the media's eyes, it doesn't matter if it's physically real or not, if enough people believe in it, they will act on it. So it gives it that life, if you will which goes back to, you know, going in line in that Apple store again. And finally, if I may say, this talk of that split with the fifth dimension and all of this, for those that say, and I don't mean to sound conceited here, forgive me if I do, but for those that say, well, you know, how could there be a split, Mr. Z, Because I certainly don't see it. With the utmost respect, I'm of the humble opinion, by definition, that is the split. You can't have one without the other. And that speaks to the duality of life. Also, perhaps even, you know, Roger Penrose is collapsing the wave, finding the balance between the two. If you take someone who's never been, you know, try explaining water, the color of it, how it feels to someone who's never experienced, seen, touched it or anything like this. Try taking someone who's never been to a house party and put them in a house party. How will they know they're having a good time if they've never had a bad one, whether they're consciously aware of that or not? There needs to be another pillar to compare it to. So when people say, for example, well, you know, I've seen no evidence of, you know, UAP or even no evidence of, you know, a cult, a Bigfoot or anything like this. Well, my whole thing is, do we know even what to focally compare it to? What's the pillar or focal point or data point we can compare it to? We have not been given one by the system we're in, almost as if that's deliberate. So, Mm -hmm. Thanks for letting me ramble on again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course. And I like what you're saying. It makes me kind of think about just how everything carries certain energy and a certain vibration. And it seems like one of the highest level games being played is something like a collective energy management program that obviously that's what the media is there for. It injects fear. You could even say weather weapons. If they're developed, then it's just to... Create destruction every so often, like a clock. It's like, well, it's that time again. We got to keep the energy level down. We got to cause some depression out there, cause some fear. Right. I mean, a debt based currency, even the creation of that, they say it's quite a cult. Well, what does it do? But it takes a world of abundance and beauty and makes everything like you can't access it without this green paper, which is scarce, which you must give years of your life away for, right? and it's an artificial barrier. But to me, this all speaks to a global energy management program to keep us from manifesting a better reality and to keep us in those lower vibrations. But while we still are in the first hour, I wanted to ask you guys about the black goo. Obviously, this is a real buzzword in the conspiracy sphere, and you have some videos where this does pop up. It seems like it's something that's alive. It seems like maybe it's an artifact of an alien race. What can you tell us about this strange substance and how it might be used and where it might've came from, if it's even one thing?
2: Sure. I think ultimately what we're seeing is, and I I will cut right to the chase with respects to this. I think we have the origins of a non, maybe not terrestrial, but non-human black goo. And then we have the, reverse engineering and the human ingenuity side of the black goo. And I don't particularly say that in a positive manner. I think what we're seeing here with respects to black goo is a multi-purposed, I guess you could call it, a, for lack of a better term, probe of sorts for, for various reasons, whether that is to observe, whether that is to, dare I say, even you know, probe a human, whether that is to carry certain forms of energies in a in a frequential sense contained within it to then transmit elsewhere this is something that i don't particularly think is anything new i don't necessarily hold the perspective that it is and i'm very careful with this word but a conscious form of life if you will and i say that because you know consciousness means one thing to a neurologist it means another thing to a physicist it means another thing to a psychologist so i i don't want to you know bar none said and done, that's what it is. But I think what we're seeing there is, honestly, Greg, I think it is a tool. I think what it comes down to is who is behind that tool. Truth be told, I think just like many things in this reality and elsewhere, a tool simply is. It comes down to what does the holder and user of that particular resource or tool do with it. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're seeing there is the adjustment, whether technologically or otherwise, of both human-manipulated, human originally human-created technology in correspondence with potential collaboration of other non-human groups. Whether those non-human groups are, you know, their origin is of Earth or otherwise, not for me to say, but that's where I reside with respects to Black Goo right now. I will say, though, and I could be proven wrong, part of what we do on our member side with our Zoom calls and our think tank calls and all of this is to debate these things. Because who am I to say? But I think that right now it is not conscious in the way that we are. Mm-hmm. That's the most I can go without. Because then after that I'm just spitballing. So I
4: am not
1: Sure, sure. It just kind of seems like it's uh, it's some kind of artifact. It seems like it's a self-programming or programmable form of matter to a degree. I bring it up because, of course, Colin Wilson, as you've noted in one of your videos, he felt his whole home was ingrained with this programmable matter, black goo, because he knew too much. Maybe it's some kind of surveillance tool. Uh, It it probably can be used for many different things.
2: I don't rule that out. Yeah.
1: Yes. Well, I also wanted to mention that an interviewee of Linda Moulton Howell said... When they were examining a craft, upon closer inspection, we began to learn that the metal of the craft was actually one big holographic computational substrate. Yes. Each computational unit, essentially individual particles, she says in parentheses, can function independently but are designed to function together in tremendously large clusters. I say it's holographic because you can divide it up to any size you want and still find scaled down but complete representations of the whole system. And the reason why I find it so interesting is it seems to be part of that overlap between the occult and the sci-fi aspects of what all this stuff is. Are aliens demons in a physical form, or are they from Zeta Reticuli? That whole debate. Well, the black goo seems to be this in-between substance that shouldn't be here and maybe came from somewhere else, came from a different dimension or a different planet. But Riel, you were gonna say something.
3: Yeah, well, so just turns out that I spent two hours watching specific black goo documentaries this morning before our recording, and one of them was featured by Harold Klaus Valla. Not too sure if you're familiar with his work, but he is a jerk. Oh, fantastic. Right, so according to him. The black goo is an alien system delivery system field of planetary consciousness. So the black goo is essentially an artificial intelligence consciousness that came here from, you know, I would suspect came from the Orion constellation based off of the work of Pierre Sabac and Neil Haig, who speculate that the holographic reality that is the second overlay of our reality is being projected from orion and then it goes to saturn goes to the moon and then comes onto our earth but the black goose substance itself is the conduit for how this artificial intelligence basically encapsulates and creates this lower vibratory overlay of our experience here and it seems like The black goo is directly connected to the Kaaba stone, the Benben stone, all of these ancient occult litho... I believe a worshipping stone is litholatry, so I'm actually exploring litholatry now. In secret teachings of all ages and it seems like there's the organic litholatry but then there's this artificial intelligence litholatry which has brought many abrahamic religions not to you know throw religion under the bus but the whole concept of worshiping this giant black cube at mecca i think is directly connected to the effect that the black goo has on us as humanity
2: if yes. I if I may yes. jump in very quickly with respects to, I really appreciate both Riel, you bringing all of this up and Greg, you talking about how, you know, Linda Moulton Howe's uh, source was telling her that essentially, and this also speaks to others that have spoken about being part of alleged reverse engineering programs, legacy programs, it's been called in recent decades, this idea that no matter how much of the craft you chopped up, whether with a saw or you name it, upon closer inspection, It was a fractal representation of the rest. I cannot help but think of a couple different things. First and foremost, it's been alleged that inside the human mind, with respects to the pineal gland, and the way that the human mind accesses the pineal gland through electrical impulses is the same way in which the Earth operates in that same regard, which speaks to, you could say, fractality. But I also think it speaks to this idea of quantum non-locality. Now, I want to say very quickly that to everyone that, And I'm with your audience for those that say, oh my god, he's bringing up the word quantum. What does that even mean? Because it's thrown around so much. I'm in full agreement there. I think what we're seeing ultimately is the concept of a information structure that we are residing in, dare I say, a little bit of actual quote unquote tangible reality mixed in with a, you could say, electric universe simulation type induction that has been put underneath us that our subconscious then fuels. And I, I say this because of, for example, we can look at Jer Rivera, PhD, on the holofractal morphogenetic constants of life, if you will. He brings up the Kabbalah. These are academic papers that are just now beginning to sort of hit the surface that once were, you could say, restricted, classified on, you know, Department of Energy servers. And I bring all this up because I want to respectfully reinvigorate the concept of fractality and fractals. The same way you, for example, drop a rock into a pond and it ripples. You see the water waves ripple and the waves broaden the further away it gets from the source of the rock. This is what I think a lot of people discuss when they say, you know, whether it's anti-gravity, whether it's black goo. The answer is right in front of us in nature in the sense of harnessing a few different components that require us to understand this more. But we simply don't because this is where the indoctrination and propaganda comes in. We've just been taught our whole lives, oh no, that's nonsense, forget about it, don't worry about it. Case in point, anyone who seems to come close to cracking anti-gravity, generally speaking, the announcements are made more so in Eastern Europe, formerly you know, Soviet Union, than other parts of Europe and the West. The academic papers in which are published that talk about how they did it and whether it's on the theoretical side or in the laboratory engineering, Those methods, Greg, are never actually disproven. The equations are never disproven. The engineering aspect is never disproven. The experiments are never replicated to show they don't work, but rather just the scientists themselves who make the announcements get attacked. Hmm. I think that speaks to a control system that, dare I say, to bring this full circle, this black goo neurologically keeps in place amongst many other variables.
3: Hmm. Dave, that's like how the fact checkers, if you have something that clearly cannot be disproven and it goes against the narrative, they have adjusted their language to now say it's missing context. (laughs) So it's like the scientific breakthrough discoveries aren't wrong, but they're just missing context and are misleading (laughs) or something like that. So it's very interesting how they can always spin it just to keep you energetically enslaved and like greg i totally agree with you with what you're saying about collective energy management that goes in the idea that we're living in a terrarium that we are genetic experiments and there's these higher conscious beings that are basically you know that there's i would love if we could get into the different layers of who is the management on our plane or planet whatever you want to call it
0: yeah
1: me as well and great points guys (laughs) you know i've even thought the difference between the black cube and the black goo could really just be charged because from what yep. I've heard from people who have seen that meta material that the Invisible College seems to have gotten their hands on from a UFO or something is that it can be rigid with the right charge but it can also be very fluid and I'm lucky enough to have seen a picture of this from a previous guest obviously I can't say who or can't ever show the picture but it looked kind of like Metal quartz crystal, which is another thing that you've talked about, that quartz, the way it grows, it kind of speaks to this platonic solid reality, these kind of angles and everything. And you included in one of your videos a 1927 issue of Science and Invention Journal, which had an article about a device called a gravitation nullifier by a Dr. Kowski. And he said you could blast certain frequencies at a big piece of quartz crystal and it would lose its weight, to quote what he said. And that gets into the idea that, yeah, everything is somewhat holographic, that geometry is super key, that frequency is super key, and that these stories of ancients levitating giant blocks, I mean, there seems to be a, a esoteric or natural science to it.
2: I want to thank you so much for bringing that up, Greg, truly, because when we look, for example, at, okay, so let me give a couple different examples to your audience. So we have the 1927, their Electrical Experimenter Journal, in which Nullifying Gravity was published, well, initially, actually, was published in 1919, and then it was republished again, I think, in the British Royal Society Proceedings. I could be wrong about that. However. Within the span of just under a decade, it had some, just like in the 90s with Mr. Eugene Podkletnov, Ning Li, and all of that, you had some announcements, and then the university would pull back the announcement, and then, you know, all premature, we, we made a mistake, we're sorry, yada, yada. What's interesting about all of this, Greg, is we can debate the controversy of anti-gravity and all of this, but what's interesting is, if we look outside of, I guess, you know, as a saying goes, think outside the box and then play within it, if we take that perspective or we view it in that regard, what we'll find is, whether it's Science News Daily, whether it's phys.org, whether it's, you know, many journals these days, particularly phys.org and some other outlets have published a, quote-unquote, mysterious quantum spin having to do with quartz crystals. Now, what's interesting about this is that it is, according to them, a phenomena, mysteriously, that they can't explain, almost as if they deliberately butchered the understanding of it many decades ago, shortly after World War II, to ensure that the public academic community wouldn't get a hold of it because of how, dare I say, simple it is to activate this zero-point underlying energy. Now, I say this because when you look at this article, this Quantum Spin article, you'll find that the ones who did the experiments were based out of Princeton University. Princeton University received the funds from the National Science Foundation in direct correspondence and collaboration with the Department of Energy. What I'm speaking to here is a control system of funds, of who gets the money, who gets the funds to be able to do these experiments. If someone is funded and if they receive these funds and they conduct an experiment that is maybe not in the favor of this DISC, this distributive idea suppression complex conglomerate, then, oh, what do you know, next year, next quarter, they're not getting their funding. You see what I'm saying, guys? So this is where, when I look at this from the outside in, I think, why is it that these academics can publish in their papers the theoretical side of things, but they speak on it as if it's fact, as if they saw it in a laboratory occur in real time? You know, for example, people talk about, you know, pulling energy from A wall or an outlet, if you will. Well, what's interesting about that is you look at Richard Feynman, one of the most respected academics who's passed away, unfortunately. Richard Feynman himself has said if you really look at the problem, we don't know what energy is. We don't know what electricity is. When you charge a capacitor, the energy comes from outside, comes in through the edges of the gap of the capacitor, not the actual part in which you're charging and sticking the charger with. So what I'm trying to essentially say is there clearly is a strict rigid control system that sometimes there's a slip. Don't get me wrong. You know, you got University of South Carolina announced in the late nineties, anti-gravity device developed, and then it was immediately retracted. So clearly there's something there with respects to these, these underlying powers, if you will. And the way in which, you know, again, Riel brought up all these different who's running the system, if you want to call it. What I've just described to you and your audience, Greg, in my humble perspective, is just the human side of the system. Now, let's bring things full circle. Does the black goo, do these neurological form constants relative to the, you could say, electrical inductance and capacitance of human movement play a part in this? Absolutely. I think it's just like any other variable. I think it's just like any other set of variables. Now, ultimately, I think it's not human that is ultimately running the show that is ensuring that the humans, if you will, on the surface at least, don't discover this, if you want to call it. And anyone, uh-huh. who any scientist who's ever come across or developed any type of weight reduction, whether it's with quartz crystals, whether it's with any other type of, you know, uh, Ning Li's from a popular mechanics since retracted article 1999, a high-temperature superconducting disk, again, you'll find that, for example… It all has to do with very basic principles of what the ancients called alchemy. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting to see that there's this type of, you know, control system. And we, you know, as Paul LaViolette reached out to NASA many, many decades ago saying, hey, I found this Wright-Patterson Air Force Base electrogravitics package. What's going on over there? NASA (laughs) responds with, I'm paraphrasing here, we know about it, but uh, it's it's not useful. It's not, don't worry. Thank you, Mr. LaViolette. Thank you for letting us know. It's like, okay, hold on a second. Again, it goes back to this almost deliberate obfuscation.
1: Yes, yes, I like it. I like it. Great summary. And before I let you go, I know you got a few more projects in the works. There are some trailers for projects that haven't come out. What should people expect you guys to be working on next?
2: Oh, thank you so much, Greg, truly for asking that. I will admit, for those that are on the public side of the show, on our Generation Z channel, we do try and keep it as exciting as we can, but there comes a point where we do have to take it to the member side, and the reason for that is because, essentially, we're, the projects in which we're currently pursuing, and the trailers in which we have for some upcoming series and all of that, do require the funds needed in order to develop the tier of quality we would like. Now, with that said, though, we're working on some pretty exciting stuff. That I guess you could say, hopefully, will be paradigm shifting and, and groundbreaking. And this is what you and your audience will see in the coming weeks and months from us Was not anything that has not been attempted previously. It's more so how we are attempting to do it this time around. And by keeping the topic public in a particular fashion, that may hopefully stick this time around. We'll We'll see, but... <laughs>
1: Well, I'm lucky to know what you're talking about, even though you're being a bit coy on the record here and that's all good, but it is exciting and it's one of the threads I'm always following. So people can maybe read between the lines there, but either way, they can stay tuned and make sure they have all the right links before uh, I cut you loose.
2: Sure. Thank you so much. So it's Generation Z, Z E D. Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. Also patreon.com/slash generation Z, no capitals, no spaces, again, Z-E-D, and at Podcast Z on Twitter. I do want to say we do have one more, I guess you could say, project that I can definitely delve into much more, which may or may not have to do with a website of sorts that will be going live in the coming weeks, if not days, at this point, but if I may, Greg, maybe if I could throw that URL in when it does go live afterwards. But other than that, that's about it, basically.
1: Cool, cool. Uh, Real, do you have your own social media or anything you want to throw out there?
3: No, for the most part, I'm a Luddite when it comes to that. Good. And I let Dave handle most of those things. <laughs> I am active in the Telegram group chats for our members, though. I do communicate a lot with mostly the members, as well as hosting the Zoom calls two to three times a week but i don't really participate in the social media side of life i prefer to spend my time outside when i'm not focused on doing research amen well i'm
2: lucky to have met the man behind the curtain <laughs> and if i <laughs> yeah. sorry one last thing greg if i may say for those that may be wondering or hesitating you know what's on the patreon we have a handful of different tiers 4 8 and 12 dollars a month There is a higher one as well, but the 4 or $8 a month, essentially, what you get there is we have all kinds of things, members-only series, members-only episodes. We do two to three, sometimes even four times a week group Zoom calls that go anywhere from one to three, even four hours sometimes, where we try and merge all these different aspects like we discussed, dark web findings that I never post publicly. Again, private Telegram, Discord, chats, and all of this, and as well as some I guess you could say some very, very deep diving members episodes that I'll never take public just because it's so, um, it's potentially, so potentially, dare I say, uh, amongst what other podcasters do too, to be fair, dangerous. But, um, and I must say, Greg, you yourself have had some incredible conversations where, and I tip my hat off to you, where I've said, holy shit, this guy's taken a risk, but I respect it and I appreciate it. So, (laughs) so, so thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah, man. Well, Right on. This has been a real pleasure. It's certainly a weird world out there, but keep doing what you guys do. Best of luck and take care.
2: Thank you so much, Greg.
1: Thank you so much, Greg. The Power of Christ compels you, people. Round two with the ever-interesting Dave Zed and Riel, his main co-pilot to Conspiracy Town. I didn't know Riel was going to be joining us until the morning of, but I'm glad he did. He added a lot to the discussion, and we can chalk up another two-guest THC on the board. And we've been racking up quite a few lately. But a lot of good stuff made its way into this one. The Dymaxion map is pretty cool. Maybe the Earth is more like a 20-sided die. Or maybe what we're talking about is the lattice work of the ley lines that Earth Energy runs through. If you look at the Dymaxion map unfolded, some call it the one island map, because from this perspective, almost all of the Earth's landmasses are connected in a way that you don't think about when you're looking at a typical globe. We think west over here, east over there, but when it's unfolded to look at the land across the poles, I guess it's kind of hard to describe unless you're going to look it up, it is significantly different. And maybe it's not even the shape of the earth, but just the structure of the universe itself. Who really knows? But even if you just think of it as the energy structure and the idea of special angles opening up portals to other places, it might be why ancient structures are built on specific places or why the most notorious secret society uses a square and compass as their major symbol. But you know, there are some THC episodes that are super information-dense, like the last one with Whitney Webb, and then there are ones like today where I just had fun. These guys are a lot of fun. It reminds me of what a THC meetup is probably like. There are folks I've met, like the guy who did the rap on my car, and you get into talking and it's like, okay, well, have you gone this deep? Oh, you have. Well, have you gone this deep? And it's a little back and forth, pushing the envelope until you're just like, all right, man, respect. And I envy you folks out there that can even enjoy a THC meetup in the way that I never can, because I'm the conspiracy podcast king of San Diego, and that's just my burden in life. It's like the old song, the worst part about being Tom Cruise is being the only man on earth who can't enjoy Tom Cruise. Pretty much the same thing, right? But I liked it. I'd say this one pairs nicely with Jason Bashir's and some of the secret science anti-gravitic stuff pairs nicely with Aaron Murakami. And maybe some of the angels, angles, secret society stuff even could pair with some of Tracy Twyman's wilder work. We even had a reference of Pierre Sabac, who was on not too long ago. Obviously, Dan Winter came up too, as well as Harold Kautzvella, which was a hell of a throwback. So, a lot of good stuff. The hand in the purse, bedroom thing was odd, but the Arconic Energy Prison overlap is right up my alley. So, I hope you dug it. Big thanks to Dave and Riel for doing it. Their content is pretty captivating. I'm sure our audiences have a good amount of overlap. I did kind of butcher the Myth of Cadmus connection to Roswell that Chris Knowles has done so much work on. Apparently, Cadmus is connected to the Well of Mars, or the Red Well. And to quote from his piece on this, he says, let's just be absolutely clear on this. Cadmus and Lucient are the same word. Lucient Technologies was said to have received secret technology from the beings who crashed from the sky at Roswell. Cadmus was said to have received secret knowledge from the beings who crashed from the sky at Samothrace. And then, yes, Cadmus is also connected to the Marswell. And there's a lot more. I would just point you to the Secret Sun blog and search for Cadmus, but the mythology of the Roswell crash mirrors the mythology of Cadmus, and that is just weird. Random events shouldn't rhyme like that, unless, of course, they're not random, but ritualized. And we got into a little of the black goo talk in the first hour as well. Good stuff. For plus people or those who wish to become plus people, there is a second hour as always. And today we talked about who really runs the layers of reality, who is the quote unquote management. I wanted to slide that into the first hour, but it was a back and forth that went on for kind of too long for that. But we also talked about Angular portals and the angels who use them, the connection between Roswell and covid Why was the UFO countdown in the COVID relief bill? Who knows? We talked about offerings and the gifting field and advanced technology. The very wild year of 1947. The important sites that sit on the vortices of the Dymaxion map, nuclear sites and whatnot. We got into the esoteric aspects of the jab, the connection between hydrogen and adrenochrome the Generation Z Veda Austin interview, and the Mysteries of Water. Good times overall. If you liked what they brought to the table, check out more Generation Z. It gets pretty wild. And let's take a peek at the THC meetup calendar at Hiresidemeetups.com before I ramble on too long. Looks like the last thing for October on the 29th is the Philadelphia Clark Park meetup in Clark Park. This is the second time they've done it, so it must have gone all right the first time. I also see the LA Truthers meeting at Flame International Restaurant again on Santa Monica Boulevard. This is the second or third time for them as well. And then November 5th, the Conspiracy Theorizers at High Springs Brewing Company. This is their third meetup. So I like that some of these are recurring. Very cool to see. Find the others and enrich your life. Don't just wonder if you live near people who think like you do. Know they are out there and use this to find them. But that's it for me. Try not to get sucked into the fear vibration because it is vibrating quite hard these days. So many stories pushing us towards World War III, deeper conflict than ever. There are a handful of previous guests who want to come on and give me their take about this conflict with Russia and I'm not quite sure... I want to do those shows, or at least not yet, it just seems premature, but we shall see. We also got these stories of a more deadly COVID being developed, God knows why. I, like a lot of you, are even questioning that paradigm, but who really knows what's real anymore? Reality is getting pretty wild, though, and it's important to try to keep your head on straight. I am for less war, less death, less governments forcing strangers to fight other strangers on behalf of their power struggles. And that's a ground I won't be moved from, and I hope you guys agree. Either way, take care of you and yours and stay humble out there. Your move, arconic architects of the Euclidean overlay, agents of the energy prison, and programmable black goo programmers. Your fucking...
4: The truth has been hidden from me. the tv and obey take some more pills when you're blue or we'll break you out of the spell that you're in together we will